My name is Bartimius. Bartimus. I am the marginalised of the marginalised. I am blind. I mean, so clearly, according to the theology of my time, maybe yours, I am a sinner or a man whose parents have sinned, and I am a beggar, and my name, my name Bartimius literally means son of the unclean. It's strange though. I've never been able to accept my fate. And I've never been able to settle in here at the side of the road, never been able to keep my head down. Keep your head down, boy, blind man, keep it down. Who do you think you are? No. I could never believe that this was all God wanted for me. What, what made me different? I don't know. What gave me the courage to be able to shout out? What gave me the steely metal that would not be broken inside my soul? And why did I, of all the beggars and the poor who are always with us, why did I imagine that if I cried out to Jesus, then Jesus would come? Have you met people like me? Maybe you are people like me. People where other people go, I can't believe she keeps going. <laughs> I mean, after all that has happened to her, can you believe it? And yet here she is, keeping on going. Here I am, in the unbearable, bearing it. Have you ever cried out for help? Like, really cried out? I mean, maybe not in words, or maybe just in sound. Maybe silently. Can you remember a time when you needed help and you asked for help and help came? One of the things about me is that while I may have been blind in my eyes, I could still see stuff. You know, like visions, like a, like a gift, like second sight. And so when Jesus came to Jericho, I, I saw him mm -hmm, in my mind's eye. And I knew, I just knew, this was one who was filled with God. And so I called out for help. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I saw what others could not. And then, ah, oh, surprise, surprise. They told me to be quiet. They told me to shut up. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't, even though they were telling me to shut up, Bartimaeus, shut up, shut up, me too, shut up, whistleblower, shut up, woman in family violence, shut up, scientists, going on and on and on about climate change, shut up, grandmas, standing on the steps holding up those signs about those goddamn kids on that island, their parents should have never brought them here in the first place, shut up, doctors without borders, complain about us, will you, shut up, stolen generation, get over your shell, shut up, oh, the victims and the survivors of institutional abuse, seriously. But they didn't. They don't, and I won't, I won't. So I stand up, I throw off my cloak, my beggar's cloak, I throw off all I have. It's a metaphor, you see. I give away everything. I fall down on my knees in faith and I am naked and I say, my teacher, let me see again. And then I can, I can see. Amazing grace, ah, sweet, the sound. God, God, look at you, you are. You're so beautiful. This world, this world is, I can see. So I follow him. Tell me, what else should I have done with my one wild and precious life? Fall down upon your knees, give in and then stand up. Be part of the light. What stops you from speaking up? What stops you from asking for help? Are you worried about offending, maybe, or, or hurting feelings, or being rejected, or whatever? I look, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather not say. No, 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 really, it doesn't matter. Just ignore me, pretend I'm not here. No, no, it's nothing. It's nothing, really. Please don't make a fuss. But when we don't speak up, when we don't ask for help for ourselves or for others, nothing changes. 
The Australian government has formally apologised to victims of child sexual abuse after a five-year inquiry found governments, schools, sporting clubs, churches, charities and other institutions for decades failed to keep children safe. The crime of ritual sexual abuse happened in all these places, said Prime Minister Scott Morrison. It happened anywhere a predator thought that they could get away with it and it was the systems and the people within these organisations that allowed it to happen and that turned a blind eye and it happened day after day and week after week, month after month, decade after decade. Unrelenting torment. Of course, speaking up which can often require incredible courage, which can often come at a great cost. Speaking up doesn't always mean that change will happen straight away. And it doesn't mean that change will always happen in time for healing for the individual. In the words of Bill Shorten, when a child spoke up, they weren't believed and the crimes continued in impunity. But what we have seen from this apology is that change can and does eventually happen. The great moral arc of the universe does eventually curve towards justice. We sit here on the edge of our human history and we know this to be true. So let's talk some more about healing. Healing, the word was developed from the Old English and means to make sound, to make whole. Whole from the Old English, to be unhurt, to be entire, holy, what God wants for us. In the words of theologian Gail Ramshaw, there is so much to be found in the healing ministry of Jesus, for he, like other religious figures of the Hebrew tradition and like countless charismatic workers of other traditions, was said to radiate healing powers. Powers that brought wholeness back to human bodies and to human souls. So we have healing of the body and of the soul, and we also have one other aspect, which is perhaps the most important healing that Jesus offers which is the healing not only of the individual, but also of the community. In the other words, social healing. So in today's story, we have the ultimate social outcast, not only demanding wholeness and receiving it, but then we have him joining with the followers of Jesus, being accepted into community and finding purpose and friendship and vocation. And when Jesus heals Bartimaeus, or the hemorrhaging woman, or the slave, or the foreigner filled with evil spirits, when Jesus heals them using touch, and prayer and love, the very clear message to the wider community is that this individual is holy, whole and worthy and at one with the body of God, just like everybody else. In the words of the Iona community, we all stand in need of healing, we do. But we recognize not just the personal, but also the social dimension of Jesus' work. The healing of divided communities and nations and the healing of the earth itself. This work, this is what we are called to do as his followers and to do with him and alongside him. Now many of us are the children or grandchildren of the age of modernity. This means that many of us have a healthy scepticism about some of the more supernatural aspects of our faith and that some of us might even feel a bit icky talking about healing. And of course we all know that the practice of Christian healing has been manipulated for profit and abuse throughout time. But at the same time, many believe that to ignore this ministry of healing offered to us in the way and stories of Jesus is to ignore a profound and essential aspect of the Jesus way. Now, of course, when we explore this prayer, we don't do so to replace the work of medicine and other forms of healing, but as a complement to these. And so that's what we're going to do now. We're going to ask for help. 
we're going to receive. Are you ready? <laughs> 